I'm Gary. And this is Austin. And we are Midwest Mics coming back at you live from the Uclick TV studios right here inside the High V Arena. Uh, it's another great week, another great day that we are going to bring you some content here on the U. So, uh, Austin, how was your week? Week was good. Kind of, the weeks are all kind of the same, like, like kind of, you know, leading up to uh, – uh, sports getting back going again, uh, kind of cool. MLS started back up, so I watched some of those games. Um, so yeah, it's been good, good week. Um, heard you had a workout this morning. How'd that go, Gary? Yeah, it was good. Um, Shawnee Mishnese, we are back uh, with our workouts. We started up again yesterday. Uh, we are outdoors still. We are social distancing. Um, we are wearing masks as coaches at all times. Uh, the kids wear them when they arrive and when they leave and when they transition from one part of the field to the other. But other than that, they're six feet apart. Uh, actually, a little more than six feet. But, uh, excuse me. Bless excuse you. Me. Uh, it's not the Rona. Allergies. Um, oh, boy. But, yeah, so another outdoor practice this morning. And can't do any football-type activities or anything like that. But, you know, we're able to do some agilities and some strength training Things like that outdoors. That's so cool. I can't good. remember. Is there any uh, – there's no timeline yet when you guys are starting up, like, real stuff, or is there some sort of timeline on, on that? Uh, no. As far as I have heard from Keisha and everybody I've talked to, you know, Keisha is the Kansas High School Activities Association. Um, it's They have not altered the timeline on when practice can start from, you know, what they originally laid out last year so okay the only thing they did do was take off the dead periods in the summer okay um so you know we we can have camps and and stuff like that here we'll our our head coach is getting all that together with you know listening to the athletic director and principals and um you know just what what we can do within the rules so we're um you know doing everything we can to stop the spread of covid but also prepare for a football season. Yeah, it could be kind of tough. Uh, you know, we've talked to you. Know, obviously, I've talked to you, and then we've had other coaches come in, and, and everybody's trying to do the safe, you know, the mo- the safest route to get to the end destination, which is is fall sports. Uh, yes. So, but I think everybody's doing a good job. One thing too, I've noticed is I think the uptick of uh, COVID in the U.S. has kind of slowed down a little bit. So we may be hitting a point where it's going to start dropping. Um, everybody's doing a really good job doing social distancing and mass, you know, mass if, if your county says you need to or not or whatever. Um, counties are all different with what's going on. I know where, uh, where I live in Cass County, um, you, it's whatever. You can do it. You can do whatever you want. Yeah. And then um, out here is a lot different. So, hey. Okay. Um, we are going to bring in at this time uh, our guest this week, uh, Jeff Montgomery. He is a Kansas City Royals Hall of Famer. Uh, he's the current Fox Sports analyst. Uh, he was with uh, the Cincinnati Reds for one season and then uh, Kansas City Royals from 88 to 99. Uh, had a bunch of career highlights, uh, three-time All-Star. Uh, he won the Ro- Rolades Relief Man Award for the AL in 93. He was the saves leader in 93. And then, as I mentioned, uh, Kansas City Royals Hall of Famer. Uh, over 700 strikeouts and 300 over 300 saves in his career as a pitcher. Uh, 
with the Reds and then mostly with the Royals. So we know him as the Kansas City Royals. So welcome, uh, Jeff Montgomery, to the show today. Hey, thanks for having me. Glad to be on. I'm glad to finally be getting ready to talk about a little bit of baseball that's right around the corner. Yeah, we are we are down to single digits on days before we you know get to actually see the the Royals in action. So I, I'm excited. I know you are too. And um, how have things been going out at the K? Have you been able to be at some of the practices and things watching the guys? Yeah, keep up with it. It's, uh, it's unusual. It kind of reminds me a little bit of the spring training we had in 1995, when uh, obviously during the strike of '94, '95. Uh, things were settled, and then it was abrupt. You know, everybody hurry up to get the spring training camp, and it was a short camp. It was you know about three weeks about what this camp was going to be. But uh, we have to do some maybe uh, you know a few things that uh, a little out of the ordinary as far as preparing, getting ready. I think to me, the biggest challenge is finding way to get the pitchers stretched out where they can go you know, more than just three or four innings and. Uh, I think uh, having that head start with the spring training camp they had in Arizona before the delay hit uh, will be an advantage. Uh, talk to a couple of pitchers. They feel like they're probably ready to go five innings right now. So I think that's a good thing. Um, it may change the approach with regards to how you manage those pitchers. Um, you know, teams have used openers now. Teams have done a little bit different approach. You may see more of that now with uh, you know the, the you know, way this thing has really had to almost be jump-started. But uh, to me, that's not a bad thing. Uh, it may create some opportunities for some young pitchers. You know, the Royals are really stockpiled with a lot of really good young, inexperienced arms, players that have performed extremely well at uh, high levels in the minor leagues, looking for that chance to pitch in the major leagues. And certainly this season, uh, as unique as it's going to be, may, may provide some of those opportunities. Very interesting you know, when they hear about that and how this the season's going to break down with the, the shortened amount of games. Uh, we've talked a little bit about We had Danon Hughes on last week. He played a little bit of major ball, and that, that was kind of a good question. And so I'll pitch it to you also. What really changes um, the, the, can the fans expect going from a 162-game season down to a 60-game season? Uh, what are the biggest changes as far as just how the, how the season's going to flow? Well, as a player, you know, whether you're a manager or player, coach, whatever, you come to ballpark every day preparing to perform at a high level. Now, teams that are solid with regards to talent, teams that stay healthy, uh, over the course of a six-month season, generally could offset some, maybe a few valleys. Uh, this is a game of streaks and slumps. And when you have uh, a slump in a, in a, in a short season, it's going to be much more difficult to recover. And I think that's the real challenge for teams is going to be how to handle the slumps. So getting ready, but one thing started, you have to get up to a fast start if you're going to perform uh, and expect to be a contending uh, organization. Everyone's going to be sprinting this year. There's no this way back, and we know that eventually things are going to take over. Uh, last year, for example, I watched the Nationals, and I think the seven games under 500 in May, oh, I'm sorry, in June, they eventually went a little curious. Uh, are seven games under, you know, uh, say at the first of September, you're, you're not going to have a chance to the season. You have to find a way to keep those rules. I think that'll be the biggest challenge, is finding ways to stay consistent and avoid a slump. Yeah, specifically as a as a pitcher, how does that is that is that going to change? I know pitchers are very routine driven on you know when you throw, 
and how, how often you throw. So is the, is the 60 game season really going to change those routines a lot for the pitching staff? Probably not. It may, it, it may early. Uh, if you think about our normal baseball season, uh, you know, when things start, you've got a bunch of off days early in the season, whether it's scheduled off days or you may have some weather issues. Those are likely going to become some starting baseball you know, in July as opposed to uh, this year was going to be late March. Um, so you have to have arms. And given the fact that it's going to be a short season with a short camp, uh, it may change the approach with regards to how managers have to handle the both things. And I think looking at, uh, you know, almost every team in baseball, everyone's really taking measures and steps to beef up bullpens, quality arms, power arms. Uh, and we just, you know, unfortunately, last few years, here in Texas City, we've not seen the type of performance out of our bullpen. It's just a basis that's given us a chance to be competitive. I mean, I can think of numerous games uh, the last few years that the Royals were winning after six innings to seven innings. But unfortunately, they, they end up giving up those leads and losing some baseball games. They just can't afford to lose. And that's why the bullpen will be so you know, vitally important. So not just the Royals, but any ballpark. Yeah, and that's, I mean, that's, you know, you mentioned the last couple of years. That's kind of the reverse we saw, you know, in the 14 and 15 years where, you know, we knew if we could get to the sixth inning with a lead, you know, we, we had those guys coming in that were going to take care of business. Yeah, and I think with regards to Mike McKinney, how he handled the bullpen, got some, some new arms out there. I think one guy that really stands out for this, Trevor Rosenthal, um, former All-Star, a guy that has a chance to really be a contributing factor to this uh, kind of revamped bullpen, but they certainly have to find ways to hold those new. I mean, when you lose a, uh, a game in the seventh rate that, you know, Mike uh, that you should win, it's pretty devastating, and it has somewhat of a a hangover effect in the ball club for some period of time. And I think that'll be a, a real key is finding ways to maybe win some games that, uh, you know, other teams think that they you know, have in the bag uh, and not lose some of the games you have in the bag. And I think that uh, will lead to a lot of confidence. And I think it leads to, uh, especially in a short season, having a chance to get on a little bit of a roll. And I think the importance uh, of getting on a little early in the season is really going to kind of It'll be a huge factor on which teams are going to be in that mix to come, you know, say, no end of September when it's punch time. Yeah, it makes sense. And another question we had, too, is uh, I've been thinking about is the trade deadline. I think it's a month. It's like the start of the season, and I think trade line's a month out or something like that. Is that is that right? I think I heard August that right. First, yeah. Is it? Okay. And so what what do you think? Because people have asked me about, like, hey, what do you think? Is it going to be, like, crazy? Is it going to be a ton of trades going on? Is be a few trades going on? Uh, it kind of sounds like with the way how we're talking about pitching stuff, it may be a kind of a run on relief pitching uh, is what a lot of teams will be scrambling around to try to get. Or do you think do you think a lot of teams are just going to stand pat where they're at? Uh, I mean, it's going to be a different kind of feel because usually if for a trade deadline, you kind of know where you're at if you're a playoff contender or if you're out or whatever. But thirty game, I mean, thirty days in, everybody may be hanging around five hundred, or, or I don't know. So, what do you, how do you think trade deadline is going to go this year? I haven't really thought much about it. I, I think every team is going to be fairly different and unique. Uh, sure, team that's rebuilding, which several teams in baseball have done. I mean, if you, if you really think about baseball, especially I think the last three or four years, uh, to me, it's been in somewhat stale. 
just because there are so many teams that say we're going to trade our really high-priced, uh, you know, the guys who may be toward the end of the career, and we're going to go young. Even teams like the Red Sox now have some of that. So going into the season, the last several years, you've probably had a handful of teams that legitimately had a chance to be contending and, and have a chance to win a World Series. Really kind of going back to the last time the World Series, to me, the last time that some of the small market clubs had a chance because now everybody's kind of going the same direction. Uh, let's rebuild, let's, you know, let's stockpile and adapt and turn the oppositions for young players and let them kind of gel and maybe mature all of the youth, the group. And then we'll see where we go. And, you know, I think one team to look out for, especially in our division, would be the White Sox. Because they started that process a few years before the Wolves did. And I think everyone in Chicago now feels like they are ready to be that team that can be a, a factor uh, in, in, in the American Central and potentially uh, a team that could be a contender to go to the World Series. So it's going to be a little different. But I, I, I'm just hopeful that uh, it, will, it will be a good opportunity because uh, in a short season, with you know, the trade deadline only a month after the season starts, uh, you're going to find out who wants to you know, be at the table when we put all the chips in kind of at the end of the you know, September. Yeah. Do you think that um, with, with the season starting later, do you think hitters or pitchers are going to have more of an advantage kind of with this abbreviated camp and then kicking off the season here in about nine days? So generally, pitchers have an advantage early in the season, so I have to go with the pitchers just because timing is such a you know critical factor. Uh, you know, in talking about timing, I think one player that would be very interesting to watch for the Royals is Salvador Perez. You know, Harry missed all of last season with the Tommy John surgery. Uh, geared up, ready to go, here at the great spring training camp. And then suddenly, day before the summer camp is going to open up, he tests positive for the coronavirus and he's been out now for, you know, uh, 10 or 12 days. So, you know, timing-wise, it's, it's important, you know, to have those repetitions, have those plate appearances in order to uh, see the ball coming out of the stand live. And uh, so I think Salvador Perez would be a pretty interesting uh, model to see how that goes uh, with regards to having a spring training camp. Usually, early in spring training camp, pitchers work on, you know, pretty much fastball change up. They don't really work on off pitches. Then as camp goes, they build up in the dirt. They start you know, mixing in the sliders and the spins and the curveballs. Um, probably a little different this year with regards to the approach. Uh, I mean, I know they're playing uh, simulated slash intersport games right now, trying to get guys as many uh, opportunities to pitch to and, and, and bat against you know, as live as you can get. But uh, even once the season starts, the notch gets turned up just a few more uh, clicks. And uh, so that'll be interesting part of the career. I think the pitchers probably have a little bit of an advantage in the short camp. Yeah, it makes sense. Uh, I mean, yeah, that definitely makes sense. One thing uh, we, we've talked about, we mentioned too, is kind of some of the uh, some of the younger teams. So like the like the White Sox, like they got a nice young team. They're getting pretty hot. Everybody's pretty. I mean, you know, obviously the favorites right now, Yankees, Dodgers, they're all pretty young too. White Sox are up there, uh, but the Royals got some young guys, and you talked about that. Who are a couple of the players that maybe people don't know uh, that they need to watch out for um, this up, uh, upcoming season? 
Well, one one player everybody is, is raving about is Bobby Witt Jr. Uh, I don't feel like it's probably time for him, uh, at least at this stage, to be exposed to the major leagues. It's being exposed uh, as far as the campus is concerned, but uh, he's, a, he's, you know, he's a young talent. He's got a, a very bright future ahead of him. Uh, and, and, and you put him into major league action now, can he uh, survive? Who knows? Talent set-wise, yes. But you don't want to hinder his development. You don't want to set him back. So this 60-man player pool that they're working on now has a lot of young and inexperienced players with no major league service. Uh, and they probably won't get major league service unless there's a, a very extreme circumstance that would call for that. But it's an, it's a chance for those players to be around major league, uh, you know, talent, uh, see how they go about their business, learn from guys like Alex Gordon and Larry Field, and and be part of that mix because there are no minor leagues this year, so they need to find a way uh, to get action, to play, and develop it to the best they can. Uh, under these, uh, you know, very trying times, I think we're going to see a lot of young guys, uh, you know, on the sixty-man player pool that you may not see in the major league, but at least are getting some repetitions. But when you talk about the young players, to me, you've got the Daniel Lynches, uh, uh, the Jackson Coars, the Brady Singers, the uh, uh, Chris Bubiches, the guys who, uh, to me, are going to be part of a long-term rotation. Those are guys I look forward to seeing uh, making their debuts at their major. And I don't know if it's going to be on July 24th, uh, coming up when they open up in Cleveland next week, or, or if it's going to be sometime uh, you know, later on in this very short season. But I think you'll have a chance to see some of these guys break in, uh, maybe if not uh, on the opening day roster at some point during the course of the year. That's what I'm most excited about. Um, you know, I've heard so many scouts, and I like to talk to scouts uh, during the course of the season uh, who have seen our, our, our players. Uh, not necessarily our scouts, but scouts from other teams. Because uh, when you hear it from our scouts, you, you know, you're hearing uh, what you would expect to hear. You know, this player you know, is going to be a great player because we drafted him, we're developing him, and, and you have that confidence in him. But when you hear it from scouts from other teams who are unbiased, uh, when they can say, hey, this guy is ready to pitch the major right now. This guy is one of the best arms I've seen for a long time. When you hear those type comments, uh, you know, it, it gets you excited. Uh, going back to you know, the, the early 80s, uh, the Royals brought up a trio of Danny Jackson and Mark Gubzah and Brett Saberhagen, and they, they kind of come through together, and eventually they become you know key ingredients uh, in, a, in a Royals first World Series in 1985. I mean, they were able to help get them to that point. And I think you look at this you know group of young pitchers that I mentioned, um, they have the ability to have that same – uh, impact on a rotation for a long period of time. That's that's fantastic. Now, do you think um, this shortened season is is going to benefit kind of our young team? Do you think you know they'll be able to to maybe do some damage? I know Vegas has has kind of set the over under at twenty four and a half wins. You know, where do you kind of see this team fitting in this year? Well, I, I think there's probably a better chance of being competitive or contending in a short season than a long season for a team like the Royals. Uh, I, I, I still feel like uh, going into see the middle of last summer, I think the, the front office felt like this was not going to be a year where they're going to be a competitive team. They're still developing. They're still going to expose some of these younger players uh, to the major leagues during the course of the season. So 
2021 was probably more of a, a realistic target as far as being a contending team. Mm-hmm. But if you condense a season of 60 games, it really essentially becomes a sprint. And, I mean, think about it this way. If you go out and, and you win 8 out of 10 baseball games, and, and, and good teams and bad teams both do that during the course of the season. They'll win 8 out of 10 baseball games. If you do it in a short season, you know, that's essentially like going winning 25 out of 30. And, you know, put you in a really, really good position uh, to do some damage. And, and, and so I think a younger team, a team that essentially was not going to be a contending team uh, in a long season uh, probably has a little more realistic chance of being a contending team. However, you think about it, you know, all 30 teams realize exactly what's at stake. And, you know, they're going to come out, you know, and they're going to have the fangs out. They're going to be, you know, looking to do some damage early in the season. I, I, I think, uh, you know, whether it be the Royals or it be the Marlins or, you know, be the Cincinnati Reds, whoever it is, um, you know, they're going to realize that they have to get off to a good start. Uh, and, and, and a really good team is the favorite, so to speak, the Astros and the Dodgers and the Yankees. Those teams also realize that, hey, we can't afford to go 2-8 and eight to start the season because, you know, that's essentially like coming out of the gate going, you know, 5-25. and 25. You just can't afford to do that in a very short season. Yeah, the, um, you know, the, the, the big thing that I think everybody wants to see is, you know, we're, we're definitely ready to see some live baseball. And so, you know, how excited are the players to kind of get back and – as they've been back at the K and, and been working out together. Yeah, they're, they're chomping at the bed. I mean, it's, it's, uh, it, it reminds me a little bit of, uh, the strike in 94, 95 season was canceled. Uh, you know, the, the strike was at the end of August and the season was canceled. Never had a postseason. You go into the, you know, the off season, hopefully there's going to be an agreement. There wasn't an agreement finally in, 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 in early in the, the year in, uh, 1995. We went back to work, but I have a feeling the players kind of felt the same way during this delay. It's just the uncertainty, not knowing if and when baseball is going to come back. Uh, as a player, that's the hardest thing because you're still responsible to, to keep your body in shape and train and be ready in the event that it does happen. And now that it is happening, uh, you know, it's, it's exciting. One, uh, you get a chance to, uh, you know, get back in live action and do the things and be around your buddies and do that too, you start getting a paycheck again. So there's a lot of motivation. Uh, and one thing that people have asked me about, how will guys get motivated to play with no fans in the ballpark? And my answer is pretty simple. It's like, you know, they're playing for their livelihood. Uh, and you shouldn't need a fan uh, to get you adrenalized to perform at a very high level. Uh, the competition with enough to motivate you. It's going to be different. It's going to be uh, very unusual watching the baseball game uh, on television you know, with uh, cardboard cutouts in the stands for fans. But uh, <clears throat> that's that's what we're dealing with. I would think it would be much harder kind of on the, on the broadcast <laughs> side of things not having fans than the actual players because, you know, I mean, they are professionals, and like you said, they're playing for their livelihood. Uh, that's a really good point. I mean, yes, fans help kind of get you in the flow of the game, but, I mean, as far as going out there and playing baseball, you know, I mean, that, that's just what you do, right? It is, and I think, um, you know, I'll touch real quickly on the broadcast side of things. <clears throat> we're going to be broadcasting from Kauffman Stadium, both home games and road games. Uh, we're not going to be allowed to travel with the team. Oh, wow. uh, so, 
when teams are home, we'll be at the ballpark watching the game, uh, calling the game, you know, live as we do, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, in normal circumstances. When teams on the road, we'll be at the ballpark watching on monitors, calling the game. So uh, it's going to be a very unique situation for uh, broadcasting. Jeff, Jim Bly here. We, uh, we, uh, did that last year. We had a, a Kansas City Bulldogs semi-pro football game. Uh, they didn't want to pay us to send, uh, the whole crew on the road. So we sent the camera crew and, uh, had, had to call the, the game here from studio. It's interesting and, um, it's, um, kind of different and, you know, but without fans, I don't know if it's going to be that much different, is it? Well, the broadcast will appear to be different because they're not going to pipe in fan noise, uh, but, yeah, I, I'm sure they'll do their magic. They'll, they'll find ways to, to make it realistic from the camera angle standpoint and, and, and making it look as, as normal as, as they possibly can. Um, but you're going to hear some things during the broadcast you normally wouldn't hear because the fan noise would cover up those, those comments that the players make to the umpire when he, when he you know, calls a strike a ball or when he calls a ball or strike. Uh, you're going to hear a lot of this comment you're going to hear some language probably that not suitable for uh for younger ears yeah so, uh, it'll it'll it will create some uh unique situations for a broadcast so that's why uh, i guess mike we, we were trying to get mike swanson on after swanee after you and uh, he said with uh throwing in these two uh, extra games and every all the changes how is that going to work who's going to be like in the booth uh you you know you and joel do your thing kind of on the sidelines and you know out out post pregame post game is that all going to be the same or you know what what are the fans going to expect so the pregame and post game joel will be in one location, I will be in the other location. I'll be somewhere different. We don't know exactly where that's going to be, but we, we won't be in the same location because they're going to uh, have us a distance. Uh, with regards to Rex and Ryan in the booth, the booth is wide enough. They can put them both in the booth. There's actually going to be plexiglass up uh, between the two of them. So it's going to be different. Um, you know, it's going to be kind of fun to watch with regard to how um, how Rex does because there are times when things happen during the course of the game and, you know, Rex literally jumps out of the seat and, um, you know, whether it be the players or people in the fans have no idea what's going on because, you know, the, the crowd noise is there and, you know, you don't uh, – you're not focused on it. But uh, as we know, uh, with regards to Rex, you know, he, he'll make it exciting. And there may be players and here Rex Hedler making, you know, some of his, uh, uh, his sounds, his comments, uh, that they normally wouldn't notice, normally wouldn't hear because it's going to be kind of quiet out there. Uh, my understanding is they're going to allow, uh, like, family members, limited family members come into the ballpark, but uh, it'll essentially be an empty ballpark. And when, when Rex jumps out of his seat, I think the players will probably have a good idea what's going on. <laughs> So, uh, limited family members are they going to be sitting in? The, are they going to be in the stands? Yes, in my understanding, yes. Okay, <laughs> very cool. Uh, another thing I want to ask too is it's kind of switching a little bit back to just kind of how the games are going to work and how the teams are preparing. Are we doing? Uh, is it a traditional five man rotation as far as starting pitching goes, or do you think they're going to go with kind of like the shortened, more playoff mode where it's like maybe three guys, four guys, and then they go they go bullpen pretty heavy? How do you think that's going to play out? Well, I think uh, one thing Brad Keller 
with the uh, you know being testing positive with the coronavirus. Yeah, probably puts a little wrinkle in the kind of the traditional thinking because he would have been a guy who would have been you know uh, likely one of the starting pitchers, if not their opening day starting pitcher. Uh, so you, you have a little bit of a void. It may be short lived. It may just be uh, for a time or two through the rotation. Uh, so you may be forced to do things a little differently. You may be forced to use an opener as opposed to using a traditional starting pitcher. Uh, and again, that's where some of the younger arms that I mentioned earlier, uh, that's where they have a chance to contribute, have a chance to be factors, you know, on, on, on the pitching staff. Uh, you know, the bullpen has to obviously uh, take advantage of any opportunity you know, to, you know, to get you know, outs or, or change the rules a little bit. Now, relief pitchers have to face three batters. So that changes you know, a little bit of your mix. But I think they're, uh, you know, every day you go to the ballpark, you probably win a baseball game. And sometimes that means, you know, leaving a pitcher in an extra out, an extra batter, or an extra inning, whatever it might be. Uh, I don't think you're going to see anything. You're not going to subject anybody to, you know, potential injury or you know, any setbacks, you know, physically. But, uh, if, you know, if you got a hot hand, you may ride him a little bit longer. They, you know, you know, run him out there for another inning and just find ways to, you know, uh, you know seal the deal in as many games as possible can. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, I also uh, was kind of thinking about some of the guys, and this is kind of around the league, some of the guys that are, are going into their uh, – either contracts are up or they're going into free agency. You think some of those guys will be maybe fighting – uh, to pitch a little bit more, the way they can kind of showcase a little bit more, or do you think everybody's everybody's just kind of gonna kind of just go business as usual? Because free agency was a topic that's come up because these guys won't be able to get a solid, you know, solid full season of, of working. Uh, so, how do you think this shortened season kind of affects uh, free agency coming up? Well, it's going to affect it in a number of ways. I mean, first of all, you know, statistically speaking, you're not going to have any twenty game winners. You're not going to have any. You know, guys that hit you know, 50 home runs. You know, so that's that's out the window to start with just because of the limited number of games. But to me, the biggest factor is going to be uh, economically. Uh, teams are, uh, you know, been talking since the negotiation been going on. They're, I think they're going to lose collectively about $700,000 per game played. And that adds up to a lot of loss over the course of a 60-game you know. Uh, you know, schedule. That's why the owners are wanting to play fewer games rather than more games, just because of the economic impact. So that economic impact will be a factor. You know, when when teams are going to spend money, you know, for the free agent crop coming up at the end of the season. So one, you're not going to be able to put the kind of numbers, and two, teams aren't going to have the you know the the amount of money to spend on uh, you know on their personnel uh, because of the uncertainty. Um, even going into next season, I think this is something that uh, you know could be impactful for more than just you know the 2020 season. I think there could be some uh, lingering effects of the coronavirus moving forward, and you know, who knows how that's going to affect attendance? Who knows how it's going to affect you know everything that goes on? Roughly 40 percent of revenues from baseball come from uh, ticket sales, parking, and sessions. So when you take all that those out of the equation. Uh, it creates uh, an economic hardship, uh, and, and, and that's something that certainly will be fell from the upcoming free agent class. So I think uh, probably about as bad a time you get after a free agent at the end of the season. Yeah, well, we had an idea, you know, last week on how at least the Royals can make up some of that revenue 
because Kansas City, we're a tailgate town. So what what if they could sell limited parking spots on game day, even though we can't come into the K, but come out there and park and listen to the game on the radio or, or hook up a TV and be able to watch it? Has that? Do you know if that's been discussed at all? Or I would I would assume that it has. Um, the only the only issue I know that uh, that, that tried to uh, eliminate as much as possible is any you know contact when you have people coming. Uh, to the ballpark, uh, you know, you have to you have to have somebody there to recommend. You have to have somebody at the at the toll gate to take their money to, to park, and they're just trying to find uh, the easiest possible solution to eliminate contact with people that could potentially uh, infect people. So, uh, just a lot of uh, unfortunate, uh, very unique circumstances that we're working around. So. Um, I know they would love to have people in the stands as soon as possible, but if that's going to happen, who knows? Um, as far as tailgating is concerned, it seems like that would be a nice, fun way to get people out the ballpark. Even if they can't get them into the ballpark, get them out of the ballpark, we'll let them do some things. And maybe that'll something that will uh, certainly materialize. Yeah, I know. You know, here in Kansas City, we we love our tailgate, and I mean, you know that from being here all these years and uh, playing playing out at the K and. You know, fans love to go out there and park before the game. And, you know, I mean, I, I wouldn't be opposed to listening to a game on the radio or, or watching it, hooking up a TV and, you know, watching it from, from the parking lot. And then you guys could hear us, you know, kind of cheer when, when something happened. Yeah, it would be a, be a unique way to create uh, the ambiance of a baseball game. Yeah. Well, they are, you know, they are doing these pop-up drive-in theaters at restaurants and stuff where you bring in, you know, one of those big pop-up screens and project it. So maybe maybe that's something that can be done down the road. Maybe, Gary, you can organize it. Hey, hey all right. Yeah, great. Man. Yeah, that would well, be, be good. Do you, do you actually think, do you think there is a shot that we will get fans in the stands at some point? I've, the things I've heard is maybe playoffs, uh, something like that. But I know it's it's kind of down the road, and they got to see how how COVID's going to play out. But is there any talk on any kind of timeline on that right now? Well, there's not. And you know, if you would have talked to me a month ago, I would have said absolutely. But you know, just the last couple of weeks, uh, the spikes that we've seen here in the country with regards to uh, you know the amount of uh, new cases, I don't know that uh, we're going in the right direction enough at this stage to say that there will be fans in the stands. Uh, I know everybody would like for that to be the case. Uh, certainly you have a, a stadium that has about a 40,000 seat capacity. Uh, you should find you know, fairly easy ways to keep people separated. But again, it's all the other issues you have to deal with, getting them into the park and getting them out of the park. Um, you know, that's, that's where it becomes a challenge as far as the social distancing is concerned. Uh, even if you have eight or 10,000 people at the ballpark, uh, you still have to deal with a lot of those issues. And I, I just don't know if anybody's comfortable with, uh, you know, we're in a position to, to, you know, to take that on to stay. That's true. I guess you still have to worry about, you know, <clears throat> do you serve concessions? Uh, how many of the restrooms do you open up? You know, all that, all that stuff. So yeah, that'd be, it'd be kind of crazy. I know we, we, we keep asking questions about that just because we're, you know, we're pumped and we want to want to go out there, but we got to do it in a safe way. So, you know, every, everybody kind of understands that. So hopefully it, the way it plays out, hopefully we do get playoff baseball here. That'd be great. Yeah. But, but, you know, 
hopefully the way it plays out, eventually we can we can get that. But like you said, we gotta we gotta see cases uh, start going down before uh, before we even even talk about doing that. So um, we'll see it. We'll see how all that plays out. But hopefully we can get in there. Hey Jeff, real quick question. Um, this has probably been the weirdest long longest off season you've had since you were probably in junior high school. Um, you know, you played ball all through high school, college. Um, you know, I don't know if you did summer wood bat, but this has probably been the most time you've spent with your wife, which I know you've been with since you were at Marshall, if I'm correct, in years. Yeah, and it's, you know, again, it kind of reminds me a little bit of the you know, prolonged strike of 94, 95, where uh, you're just, things are unusual. You know, you're, you're out of your element. Uh, but this one's been obviously extended because uh, I did go to spring training this year. Uh, I went on a Wednesday. I came home on a Friday. <laughs> Thursday was the day that they uh, postponed spring training camp. But, yeah, you're right. It's been a long time since going out to uh, at least Kauffman Stadium and watching a baseball game. Uh, for me, my first year here was 1988. And uh, I know I've never gone this long uh, without watching a baseball game. Uh, at the K. So I'm, I'm excited to get back out there. I think everybody uh, who remotely likes baseball or any kind of sports, uh, looking you know, for opportunities to see some live baseball, some live programming. I, I know that uh, I've had the Blue Jays stuff on uh, from the 85 championship series, you know, just the other day, people talked a little bit about that. And, uh, but, but still, it's, um, you know what the outcome is. You know how things are going to yeah, turn out. And that's right. what you think about watching live sports. You don't know how it's going to turn out most of the time. Did you get? Did you get to? Did you watch any of that Korean baseball league? Did you watch any of that stuff? I have not. No. I know. No, I, 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 put, I put a little bit on. That was funny. You were talking about the like the because what the K's doing. You can buy a car, cardboard cutout, put it in the stands. Yeah. Forty bucks, something right. like that. I think Koreans I yeah. saw they were doing uh, they had stuffed animals like all over the back. So it was just it's just kind of weird stuff the way they're uh, trying to create uh trying to create kind of like a like fake fans in the stands or something like that. I know Premier League soccer's they pump in crowd noise. So whatever wherever they're playing, uh they pump in noise uh depending on what's going on, which I'd hate to be the guy to have to operate that thing cuz I you know you want to hit the wrong <laughs> yeah. button or whatever, but uh, as far as a cardboard cutout thing goes, do you know what it like? So if I buy one, do I get to choose where my picture is, or, or how does that? Or is it first come first serve? Because I want to be behind. I, I want to be on the camera. I think it's first come first serve. I know they offer the opportunity for the uh, for the season ticket holders. I know they've asked uh, uh, as a royal. Uh, they've asked us if we would have an interest in having um, our family or family members uh, part of that. Uh, I don't know exactly who's going to have final say on, on where they get put up, but you're know, talking to the crowd noise. Uh, I, I, I'm pretty sure that uh, at the stadiums, they're going to be pumping in some crowd noise. Uh, I know on our broadcasts, we are not going to be pumping in any, uh, any crowd noise. So kind of what you hear is what you get. But I mentioned there might be some, uh, some language that, uh, yeah. Tell, you know, <laughs> tell everybody to censor the, themselves. The, uh, yeah. A little disclaimer at the early part of the broadcast saying, hey, we apologize to hear anything you shouldn't hear. Yeah. Now, are you guys broadcasting the kind of inner, or not inner squad, but the, the scrimmages against the Astros next week uh, yeah. that are from the K? Yeah, they're, they're all three going to be broadcast on Fox Sports Kansas City. Uh, I think Tuesday is a night game. 
uh, Wednesday day game and Thursday day game, I think as well. So, yeah, we're gonna uh, we're gonna give a shot. It's gonna be a little bit of a kind of a learning curve for us. It'll be an exhibition for us as well as first figuring out how the broadcast is going to go. And you know, uh, you know, all the all the, you know, we'll be broadcasting from Kauffman Stadium home games and road games. Home games we'll be doing from watching on road games from the monitor. So, uh, you know, opening up. Um, you know, in, uh, in Cleveland next Friday, uh, it'll be a certainly learning on the fly. I'm not good, but we are going to do that carbon uh, next Wednesday from St. Louis. So that'll be our, that'll be our kind of our tryout, so to speak, as far as how this broadcast goes, doing it from a monitor. Well, I know as soon as, you know, as soon as I saw those, those games were announced and now that I know they're going to be on TV, I, I know I'll be watching because just, because I'm starving for you know some live sports and I'm ready to watch the Royals play. I think uh, almost any team has a chance of having some pretty good ratings on their television or radio broadcast yeah, coming up here. Yeah. People are starving for uh, you know this type of action. Yeah, you know, my my hope is that we don't get to a state uh, during the course of the season where they have to call things off. I mean, I really hope that. They've made every effort to get this thing going, uh, and my my hope is that they're able to pull it off and, and, and get through the postseason without any glitches, uh, you know, from a uh, pandemic situation. Well, Jeff, I saw a uh, report um, the uh, Big Twelve put out. Um, for instance, okay, this scenario happens: uh, if we have to have a buy if there is, uh, say, the quarterbacks get COVID. Do you play without a quarterback? Well. That happened for the Royals. The catchers got COVID. Um, you know, how are they recovering? And in and, and that just – but you think about it when, you know, catchers are going to spend a lot of time around each other. Quarterbacks are going to spend a lot of time around each other. So those scenarios – like when I said, when I, when I saw that Big 12 um, article on that, I'm like, really? You know, and then you start thinking about it. Well, where's Andy Reid hanging out every day with the quarterbacks? How are the catchers doing? And, and – um, they, are they going to all be pretty healthy by the time we? I'm sure Salvi's probably Salvi's probably ready to go. Yeah, I think they're. they're the interesting thing is, I don't think Salvador Perez was in contact with any of his teammates uh, once he came back from Miami. I don't think um, he had been around any of his teammates. Uh, you know, Cam Gallagher, one of the catchers, uh, has coronavirus as well. But uh, like maybe it's Roy, he's, he's not coronavirus. He's got some other injury that's been undisclosed. So uh, I don't know that it's something that just spread around the catchers, but it's coincidental that you've got your three, four event roster catchers are right now on the injured list. Uh, and you're right. I think Salvador Paul, probably timing wise, it's good that uh, he was uh, positive early on, which should hopefully give him a chance to uh, recover and, and hopefully in the next few days start. We're working back into the flow. Uh, I know one thing that's restrictive when you know you, you are uh, uh, infected with the virus is uh, you can't work out at your normal rate. Uh, they have to, you know, they want you to keep your heart rate down. They don't want you doing things exertion wise. So even though you're asymptomatic, they still can't ramp you up and and train you at the level that normally you would train uh, to prepare yourself for the season. So. Uh, it might be a little bit of a challenge. And that's why I said earlier, is this could be a, you know, that'll be an interesting case to watch. Um, you know, how does Salvi work with regards to the timing aspects, having missed all of last season, and then 
you know, here he is now missing you know, the first couple of weeks of the summer camp. So, but you know, they they, they signed some players. They they, they expanded uh, catching department a little bit just in case something like this happened. And you know, you're 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 still you're uh, you're not at the level of Salvador Perez, regardless of who you put back there. Because he's one of the best in the game, and he's a guy who has so many intangibles, whether it be his energy, whether it be uh, his ability to. Uh, you know, rise to the occasion in situations. Uh, it's just really, really difficult to replicate a guy that's not like Yeah, really tough to to yeah replace that le- leadership for sure. Um, kind of switching gears just just for a sec. We want to bring up uh, your career. If you could give us maybe you not maybe your favorite or a really cool memory that maybe no one knows about something that happened in your career uh, that you'd like to share. Wow, you know it's, it's unfortunate. Uh, the things that I remember most are the bad things. Uh, I remember <laughs> walk off home run with Frank Thomas. I remember those type things more. Than I remember the good things. Uh, one thing that people always bring up to me is my immaculate inning. An immaculate inning, uh, for those who don't know, it's when a pitcher strikes out the side on pitches, or I'm sorry, on nine pitches. So he throws strike one, strike two, strike three. To all three batters he faced. And I did that uh, early in my career. Uh, and I remember uh, Pete Incavillia was one of the batters. And he was a guy who would swing at pitches. Didn't matter where they were, he's swinging. He's coming out of his shoes, trying to hit the ball like 600 feet every time. And I never threw one strike to Pete Incavillia, but I struck him out on three pitches. So I throw him a, <laughs> I throw him a, I throw him a slider. He chases me. Uh, out of the strike zone. Second pitch, I throw him a fastball, like, like letter high. He swings and he may be fouled off. I don't know. But then I said, well, gosh, you're going to chase anything. So I threw a pitch like about neck high and he swings and misses for strike three. I, anyway, I walk off the field, uh, knowing I struck out the side, um, and, and not really maybe even knowing I did it on nine pitches, but you know, one of my teammates in a, in, in a dugout says, Hey, you just set a major league record. I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, you struck out the side on nine pitches. You know, me and like a thousand other guys, right? No big deal. Well, like a week or so later, Sports Illustrated, they had like, you know, just little blurbs from around baseball. And one of the things that uh, was in there was the fact that I was the seventh American League pitcher to ever do that. So, uh, you know, I joined some pretty elite company, guys like Nolan Ryan and you know, a couple other uh, you know, pretty, pretty, uh, accomplished pitchers in striking outside on line pitches. So that's one thing that I guess, uh, you know, from a positive standpoint, uh, stands out to me. That's awesome. Yeah, that is. I, I, I did not know that fact. So, you know, that, that's an awesome feat, you know, I mean, and, and not everybody, you know, can say that on, on nine pitches striking out the side. That's, you know, you can't do any better. Well, especially for a guy who, uh, you know, I, I, I topped out about, 89 or 90 miles an hour. I never, you know, was never a guy that was going to blow anybody away. I, I had to kind of trick him, so to speak. Uh, use all four of my pitches and usually, you know, set one pitch up with the pitch before and uh, kind of go about it that way. But that's, uh, you know, it was, it, was, it was, I was glad to join that elite club for the Immaculate Enemy. Awesome. What about from, you know, your, your broadcast career? What are, what are some fond memories you have? Well, one guy that I uh, sorely miss is Paul Spudorf. 
uh, Paul Splittle for the analyst when uh, <clears throat> when I was playing baseball. And it was uh, I can't remember what year it was. This is my 11th season doing Royals TV, but um, I get a phone call from Mike Swanson from the Royals. Uh, during the winter, and he asked me if I would be interested in, in, in working on the TV broadcast. And I said, you know, I'm, I'm not so sure that uh, I am or I'm not. I haven't really thought about it. Scotty. And he said, well, he goes, I listened to you on WHB, and goes, I think you're fair. I think you uh, you would bring something positive to the broadcast. He goes, I'd like for you to maybe think about it. And I said, okay, sure, I'll do that. <clears throat> so this was in, I'm going to say this was probably like February. And I don't, you know, I don't hear anything about it. And then on, I think it was sometime in May, I get a phone call from Kevin Shank, who's a former producer of the Royals uh, TV podcast. So Kevin calls me and he says, hey, I heard you might have an interest in doing some TV. And I said, yeah, I talked to Swanee you know, back in February. He goes, you still have an interest? I said, sure. You know, I, I, I don't mind when you think. And he goes, he goes, how about today at 3 o'clock? So I'm like, wow, okay. So I he said, so I go and I do the, you know, uh, do the games and talk to him. And, and, and I mentioned Paul Spooner because I didn't realize at the time that I was really, you know, helping split out because he was dealing uh, with throat cancer. And, um, you know, at times he was having some treatments and he was on some medication and, you know, just kind of tired and run down. They needed some, you know, someone to help out. So I, that's what I really did. I kind of just filled in a little bit when split needed some help. But, uh, Split was so helpful for me. I worked three years with Split. Unfortunately, not three, four years, uh, but parts of three years uh, with Split. And he, he told me, he said, uh, when you're doing a broadcast, he goes, just like when you're a player, don't just show up at the ballpark and, and think you can win it. He said, you can work your tail off, get ready for the game, study, uh, research players, do all those things to be prepared. And because you'll be good at this if you do that. He said, don't ever just mail it in. And, and that was the best advice from a, a broadcast standpoint uh, that I got because, you know, I, I was a, a computer science major in school, uh, became a professional baseball player, and never, ever dreamed of being a television broadcaster. Uh, and then when you do it for the first time, it's no training. It's just show up to the ballpark at 3 o'clock. It puts you on live television, and you got to go with it without training, without any expectations, and it's not easy. I mean, it was a really, really difficult thing to do, and uh, I'm fortunate that I'm still doing it after 11 years. I have a feeling that uh, after the first you know, few shows I did, they were saying, gosh, this is not very good. We better get rid of them. But fortunately, they stuck with me, and they're still around. Yeah, well, we, we enjoy watching the, the broadcasts, and, you know, I, I like I said, I look forward to, to seeing you back on the TV here next week. Well, I think uh, you know, we all are. Uh, we're excited about it. Uh, you know, it seems like it's been a long time coming, and I'm anxious to get in my car and drive out to the ballpark. I'm not going to work on Tuesday's night games. I'm going to start working on Wednesday, so I'll be doing Wednesday's game, uh, Wednesday and Thursday, and we're off. Uh, I'm sorry, we're off Thursday, and you know, it all gets going for, for real next uh, next Friday, the 24th. So I, I think uh, from an organizational standpoint, from a television. Uh, you know, standpoint, I think uh, certainly we're all ready. I know the fans are ready, and just knock on wood that the Royals get off to a fast start and make things really, really interesting for everybody. 
Hey, Jeff, uh, over the COVID break, I know kind of everybody let their hair go, and um, I did, and I started almost growing <laughs> beards at times. Did you ever get the mullet? To, did your wife ever say, hey, Jeff, bring the mullet back? Is this his time? You know, I, I, my hair's probably a little longer now than <laughs> it has been for a few years, but um, my hair just doesn't grow the way it used to. You know, it's, it's at the sign of old age. You don't, you don't uh, you know, you just don't have the same the same length that you did before. Well, I, I liked whenever I sent you the picture of the Chiefs uh, uh, pre-agent punter. Yeah, you, you, yeah. you, you said he was kind of like he could be the grand marshal, a mullet. So, you know, that was kind of your, your look. Everybody remembered that. But um, we grow up, we, we get haircuts, and uh, we shave our beards, right? That's right. We become <laughs> a little more mature. And, you know, I was when – I, when I came to the Royals, I got traded uh, about a week or so before spring training camp. And – I was with the Reds uh, through my minor league career, and I was briefly in uh, 1987 with the Reds. I get traded right before the training camp starts. And with the Reds, it was like, uh, especially for guys who maybe needed uh, you know, a little more service time to, to, to feel like they could do their own thing, you had that short hair. I mean, no facial hair at all. And... You know, in the minor leagues with the Reds, if you put the ballpark with uh, any length at all in your hair, that the manager will tell you, hey, before you come uh, put that uniform on, you better run down to the barber shop because your hair's a little bit too long. So they would make you keep your hair really, really short. So I had just gotten a haircut, you know, before I got traded. So I show up in the Royals from training camp, and I remember Mark Gubasa, who he was, he was in the Mullet Club also. Yeah. He said, dude, he goes, your hair's too short. Man. He goes, you look too much like our general manager. Said, uh, well, you need to you need to let your hair grow. So I kind of took his and let it grow out. And I started having some success, and then I attributed my success to the mullet. So I just kept it going for a while. But uh, you know, after a while, uh, times changed, and had to had to cut it off. Um, real quick, I want to thank you for coming on today, and also, you know, it was. Seven years ago, I believe it was on your birthday, which I know is now January 7th, not 6th. I'm glad I was the first one to wish you happy birthday this year. But um, I always forget I'm getting old because mine's the day after yours, the 8th. But I want to thank you for bringing me on with 810 and starting 810 WHB-TV back then. Um, you've been a dear friend since, and uh, boy, have we came a long way since then. Seven years in technology and a little bit of money can make you shine a little bit. But thank you very much, Jeff. Yeah, absolutely. I'm always excited to uh, give opportunities and be part of opportunities. So I think that's what makes the world go around, and uh, I think we shall be very thankful, even though we're doing things a little different fashion nowadays, uh, the way we'll do them. Well, I know Joel's got a, another career going. I mean, he's been doing – have you been on his show yet? Yeah, I've been on with him a couple times, and, yeah, he's really done a nice job with his speaking business. And I think, unfortunately, the speaking business um, – not that it's on hold. He said, it, you know, people are virtual speaking, but uh, it's just something that, uh, you know, in, in baseball, you get six months where you do nothing, essentially. And uh, it was really nice for Joel to be able to start that little business and he's growing it nicely. And I know he enjoys it a lot. He's got, uh, you know, he's got a routine. He's got some very special people that uh, he's networked with and been associated with. So it's been great for him as well. And it's been fun to watch that progression. Well, um, I got to say it. You haven't, we haven't heard it in a while. Royals Hall of Famer, Jeff Montgomery. I wish you got a quarter for every time he said it. <laughs> yeah, that would be nice. <laughs> I don't think there's enough change in the world right now, though. 
No, we have to be using gift certificates. That, uh, oh, we'll do the, uh, the yeah, the royal, yeah. He'll give you just a gift certificate every time. All right. So before we let you go, we always got one final question. It's uh, it's really hard. Uh, you know, it, it's actually I mean, I even say it's slightly uh, political going to, uh, for Kansas City. Uh, so you know, you got to be careful not to burn any bridges. So here it is, and it's not best. It's what's your favorite barbecue in Kansas City? It's that is tough. I would I have to go with Jack Stack. Um, to me, it just kind of checks off all the boxes. Mm-hmm. Um, what's I, mean, that? I, I I've had I've had some maybe some other barbecue that certain areas maybe. I, I, I like a little bit more, but the entire package, the ambiance, the, the entire package, plus the fact that I can have it shipped to me about where I am. Uh, yep. We go with Jack Stack. What's the dish of choice there? I used to get some combination. I, I never have one particular thing, but I used to get some combination. You know, it's got to have uh, some burn ends on there, whatever yep. the combination is. So it's got some burn ends. All right. Fantastic. Um, we want to thank you again for taking some time to, to talk to us today uh, here on the Midwest Mike Show on, on Uclick TV. And we know you're you're about to ramp up and get really busy, so we appreciate you taking some time out to kind of preview this shortened Royal season. Well, I'm glad to do it. It's a little bit of a warm-up for me. We'll call this Mike Summer Camp. Uh, had an earlier session today on a, uh, a, a breakfast meeting, but here we are. Um, you're right. Time to be in front of the camera and hear things up and hey. Let's go Royals. Nice. Let's go Royals. Royals Hall of Famer Jeff Montgomery uh, joining us here on the show. Thank him again. Uh, Another another fabulous guest. We've had some pretty big-time guests here. We're on a roll, baby. The the last few weeks. We're on a roll, baby. I mean, you know, last week getting to talk to uh, uh, Danon Hughes and and coach over at Lincoln Prep, uh, the the athletic director, and and Coach Ryan over there. He was a great guest. Um, Everything's been – you know, kind of rolling, and we're gaining some momentum. So, you know, I'm excited. Uh, you know, like I said, it was great to uh, be able to talk some baseball because we are nine days away from a live Royals game being on my television. It's a 4:10 start, either four no 6:10 on Friday, the 24th. 6:10 from Cleveland. You can guarantee I'll be in front of a TV watch. I like, uh, yeah, I'm ready, and I like how he was. Uh, he was talking about you're going to hear some of the language. Uh, I guarantee those boys uh, will have some stuff to say to some of the like the other broadcasts and the Astros, the little Astros things. They'll have some stuff to say to the Astros probably. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know if they're going to beat them or anything like everyone's talking about, but there'll probably be a little bit of language going on down there. So they may have to figure out something to kind of because I mean, uh, I you know, we all played. We kind of know how these guys talk a little bit. Yeah. Uh, so it'll be fun. Uh, yeah, everybody's excited to get baseball going, and it was kind of cool to hear. <clears throat> excuse me, kind of cool to hear just how the mindset and how the strategy kind of changes uh, with the shortened season. Mm-hmm. So it kind of it's going to feel like we're going to get, uh, like Danny was saying last week, some post. It's like post All Star Game baseball, right? Mm-hmm. A lot more urgency, uh, a lot more. Uh, you know, maybe shifting guys in and out of innings as far as pitching goes, and, and just kind of how they do that. So. I'm pumped. I'm ready. I got my Rolls gear on. I got my you know, my champion's hat on. I'm feeling good. It's yeah. time to get it going. I uh, I said I mentioned the over-under. Um, I am taking the over 
on the Royals at 24 and a half wins. I'm Did taking you bet the it? over. Did you bet it? Uh, not yet, I but bet I, it. I will. I'm I got, going to. I got a whole take five bucks on that, baby. Yeah, I will take the over for the Royals. Um, oh, yeah, next week Read on that. the show, uh, we will have former Kansas City Chiefs wide receiver Sammy Parker joining us. Um, been trying to get him for a while. I had actually had some contact with him like last spring about, you know, possibly coming on, and, and it just never worked out. So uh, he will be on with us next week. Is he coming in studio, Jim? He will hey, be in studio. all right. So, nice. Um, yeah, Jim. Jim's going to get on his mic here. Uh, you know, we can't we can't get through the show. Jim. Jim's got to be able to talk too. Well, the funny thing is, is we're talking about who's on, who's off. We didn't uh, we didn't talk about if Jeff was coming in or going to be V call. Um, people are not, and, and Jeff's busy, and, and I yeah. would I would not have ever asked him to come in. But um, but a lot of people are getting used to this Zoom or V call, and they're like, can we just do it? Yeah, you know, can almost, we do it this way? It's it's like it's almost it's more like, convenient, really. Yeah, it is. I mean, it's nice it's nice to have them in studio. Nice to have that feel. But right. But you know, you can get more interviews this way for sure. And and uh, definitely have we have come a long way since you know seven years ago. Big and, time. Hey, Andy Reid came to eight ten the same time I came to eight ten that same year. So we you know there's there's a thread there. With oh, the there Chiefs. you go. I kind of started it. Thanks, yeah. thanks, Jim. Thanks, thanks Jim. for that. You're the reason we have. Boom! This way, yeah, that's right. But no, it 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 was great. I mean, you know, I I put on my personal Facebook yesterday that uh, you know I I, no disrespect to any other guest we've had, but I feel like Jeff Montgomery is the biggest, if not, you know, definitely one of the biggest, but if not the biggest kind of name that we we've had on the show, and so we appreciate you lining that interview up and and getting him on and appreciate his time. Cause like you said, he, he's a super busy guy and I, I know he's gearing up for the season. He's got so. a golf game today, yeah. right after this. Oh, does he have golf? <laughs> oh, <laughs> hopefully, hopefully he'll get it in. It looks like it may rain. I don't, I don't know. know what's going on. I mean, weather's yeah, it was solid. I was driving in today. I'm like, dang, this is, this is a nice can, day today. Can you imagine his lifestyle since, I mean, him and his wife have been together since college. So she's used to this. Yeah. I mean, can you imagine Having this kind of break and interruption in what is a norm in your world. Wouldn't you just get kind of stir crazy? Because you're used to moving moving all the time. I know they've been in Florida quite a bit. And, um, you know, he doesn't have the same role at 810 as he had where he's he's not full-time there anymore. He's still a partner and stuff. But, you know, and he needed a back down. He was just so busy. He was working probably 80 hours a week, probably, it seemed like. But one of the most terrific guys you'll ever ever have uh, met and i'm proud to call him a friend and a former boss yeah uh awesome. i actually talked to you know coach uh, will gordon who's been on our show uh, baseball coach at shawnee mission east he he coached uh, one of jeff's sons mm-hmm. in baseball a number of years ago uh jeff um kind of paid him because uh will is a pitching guy kind of a pitching guru if you will but uh you know he, he had kind of worked with them a little bit, so he and he he had very nice things to say about uh, Jeff Montgomery and how he was with him and everything and and kind of handling that business. So meant to ask him if if he remembered Coach Will Gordon, but got it got it slipped my mind there. 
We'll ask him next time. Yeah, we'll ask him next we'll time. We'll ask him after. Ho- hopefully we, he'll be willing to come back. When we have him back on after the Royals uh, win the World Series. There we go. Let's do it. We'll have him back on maybe after the season kind of. I, I like, we'll I like we'll have him taste <laughs> test the first um, um, KC Blue uh, cookie, Oreo cookie. Oh, yeah. There yeah, you go. Better, we'll have him. Yeah, man. Better him, what fla- better him than me, man. What, I don't even know what flavors those are going to be. Yeah. Raspberry we'll, and blueberry. I'm be, I don't, yeah. Better him than me. Yeah, so um, let's see. I, you you mentioned the sporting game, uh, or that MLS had started up. I did actually watch uh, a half of Sporting Kansas City game. I think that's the most soccer I've ever sat down and watched on TV in my life, um, just because I need live sports. But uh, yeah, so, you sent me you sent me that Snapchat. I couldn't believe what I was saying. Sporting was like, Kansas watching soccer. I was like, dude, it's, soccer's a soccer's great. What the heck are you talking about? And sporting fans, you can blame me for the loss. I will take it. They were leading one to zero, and then they lost like in the ninetieth minute. They the other team tied it up, and then like the ninety seventh minute, they won the game. So uh, unfortunately, sporting lost. But you, you you guys can blame me. Send your hate tweets. Yeah, to me. I blame Gary. I blame Gary. It's fine. Lucky I didn't, I didn't. I didn't bet on that game. I I can't believe it. So yeah, it was. Uh, no, it was actually, you know, it wasn't bad to watch, to sit down and watch it at home and have it on. And, you know, I was kind of hanging out with the wife and, and kids too, but just kind of hanging out and soccer's watching a little sporty. Soccer's good stuff to me because a little bit different feel of a game. Uh, you also have to be into it the whole time. Uh, it's not like, not like football where you can – I mean, I love football. It's my favorite. But you could put you could put a football game on in the background and you can like – like they run a play, you can run in the kitchen and grab something. Or you can go grab another beer real quick, uh, and then by the time they get back, unless they're running, hurry up, and then you got time. Soccer is like nonstop; they keep going, uh, so the action just keeps going the whole time. This is why I enjoy it, uh, but it's also just you know it's different different kind of game. So I actually got into it. It's funny I got into it with one of the guys I work with the other day about soccer versus football. He loves soccer; he don't like nothing else. I like everything. Yeah. See, I, I don't. It's I all mean, about probably how you so- kind of soccer is not my favorite thing, but like, like I've said before, like I don't disrespect soccer players or soccer coaches. Like I, I, I respect what they do. That's I what mean, he says on camera, guys. You know, I, I off camera. Like he's Coach Kelly, we had him screaming. on. You know, he great dude. <laughs> Here's one. You got a viewer out there. Uh, I believe it's Roland Dykus. Roland Dykus. Yeah. R O R O L L A N D A. Okay. So, um, you should try Van Zion's in St. Joe and come see me. And he's talking to Jeff, not us. Oh. It's a barbecue well, place. It's a barbecue place, Van yeah. Zion's? Van Zion's. Huh? Okay. Is, is, does, uh, you know, hey, Roland, if, if you're still watching, if you want us to do a live show, we'll hook come us up. up. We'll do a live show and just hook we us up We want to do a barbecue, barbecue tasted show, yeah. don't we? We'll we'll do yeah. we'll do a barbecue tasting. We'll taste it if I have to. I guess I will. And, uh, That's okay. We just, we could spend an afternoon in St. Joe, couldn't we? Sure. Yeah, we'd go up there. Yeah, a little barbecue promote promote them on Actually, the show. Like we're at training camp. Yeah, yeah. We could be like a movie. You know, one of those movies where you show up and the the unbelievable dedicated fans and yeah, you know that don't like change. Just uh, yeah, <laughs> all, all you would all you would need to do really, Roland is. Just get in touch with Jim, uh, Jim Bly at uclicktv.com, and he could set that up and get us out there. We could, like I said, do a live show, and um, he could work out all those details, you know, on, on the business side of things and what it would take to, to get them in. But 
I'm all about trying new barbecue and yeah, well, I mean, uh, twisting my arm, man. Yeah. I don't know. I, I'm not ready to do it. Oh Before we do that show, we got to wait on Patrick Mahomes, high school coach, though. Oh, uh, remember yeah, we yeah. promised him that. Well, yeah, we we said we'd we'd take him out for barbecue when he made it up to Kansas City. So was he coming up here for something in particular, or was it just like next time? No, he's up sometime. Here? We just said yeah. next time you come up, make sure you shoot shoot us a call. I, I'm sure though he's probably pretty busy being an athletic director. Uh, those guys, you know, those guys are Texas working really right hard now. Right now. Yeah. Wow, those guys I, are yeah working hard right now. You you know Texas is trying to find out a way to play football, figure out a way to play football. It's going to happen in Texas. It'd be like a revolution. Yeah, just like I, I think you know some it, conferences. Texas will become their own country, right? I think Maybe I think this, yeah. the Patriot League yesterday said there's going to be no fall sports. The Ivy League has said no fall sports. Junior colleges have flipped their most people are flipping sports seasons. Um, that's all the announcements we have so far. Big Ten's just playing yeah, each Big other. Ten, Big Ten and Pac-12 uh, are conference-only seasons for the fall. Hey, Ryan, in your research you're so, doing for your story, you got any more? I mean, he's doing a story on this. Oh, is he? An article. You got the mic over there? Yeah. Turn it up. Yeah. Uh, not really sure about uh, – I know junior colleges in Missouri, like, they've kind of – they were going to they were gonna go, but it's, like, totally – it's still, this, yep. the cases keep rising, so uh, – yeah. That's a that's a nada, nada, a no yeah. go. So, yeah, National Junior College um, Athletic Association announced, I think, yesterday that they were going to flip, and you know that kind of messes up, you know, our, our other gig over uh, down the street over here at uh, mm-hmm. the community college gym. Uh, oh right yeah, but uh, well, well, I mean. They they said in the, the article yesterday in the press release that basketball will start practicing in October. So okay. Oh, well, the thing I read said uh, basketball practice wouldn't start till December. They wouldn't play games till January. Hmm. Okay. So, uh, but maybe I read it wrong. I don't know. Um, maybe I, I was I talking no to somebody, and that's what I, where I got my information. Maybe yeah. I didn't open my ears up. But uh, but yeah, the how about Greg Jones is uh, reporting today. Yes, I was going to mention that. Um, Greg Jones, uh, head football coach at Liberty North, uh, put out a video on Twitter this morning. Or I don't know if it was this at, at morning Jones or last night. Greg, right? Yeah. Um, but he uh, basically is saying, what if, what if we just have a specific waiver for fall sports for high schools that the parents can sign that would take any liability away from the school, the athletic director, the coaches – um, basically take the liability to the parents and then we just go ahead with fall sports. And if the parent doesn't want to sign it, then their student just doesn't play. And then that way it gives the parent the option. I am all for that. I think, I mean, pretty much if, if you sign your son up for say club baseball in the summer or your daughter for softball, you're signing a similar waiver saying that if they get hurt, it's not on the coaches, it's not on the organization you know, you as a parent will take responsibility. And, I mean, I don't I don't have a problem with that. Because then, again, if the parent chooses, they can say, well, my son or daughter's not going to play their fall sport because I'm worried about COVID. Okay. That's your decision. That's your right. I- I'm all for that. I'm all for it. I want to have a fall football season. So that's why everywhere I go right now, i got my mask with me. There you go. Everywhere I go. I mean, I even wore it today as I'm walking around on the field for an hour and a half, uh, you know, at Shawnee Mission East doing our, our 
uh, morning workouts. How's that know? working with the beard and the heat and the? It's not very cool, but <laughs> and it's pretty uncomfortable. But again, if that's what I got to do, that's what I got to do. Where's your blue? My daughter was telling me that somebody's uh, getting some blue ones made. I don't know if they're going to have the the um, shiny mission east logo on them or not. It, it would not surprise oh, that'd be, me that'd if, be cool. if we had special custom made like shiny mission east uh, athletics masks even even if each sport had them it would not surprise me at all that'd be cool i know one thing she didn't work out like she was supposed to during covid break yeah oh from, from um from uh, uh the last few weeks how mm-hmm. um i know she's hurting right now how, how are your kids doing and how, how were their conditions you know uh, actually the the kids that are showing up are, are working very hard um you know obviously right now we're not pushing as hard as we normally would this time of year um, because we know they're kids and they're not going to work as hard when they're away from us. But at the same time, I feel like our seniors and our juniors, you know, and, and the sophomores that I know, I'm not putting the freshmen in there because I really don't know any of them yet. Right. But uh, the, the kids that I know, I, I feel like they've worked hard um, during the break and at least kept the conditioning they had. And so, you know, I, I'm, I'm – I'm happy about where we are right now with do you, things. Do you have any kids that aren't showing up because their parents don't want them to be around and, and are, are worried about the? I am sure there are, but the it's above your pay grade. Yeah, it's above my pay grade. I'm sure <laughs> our because I, I was talking yesterday when we you know finally kind of got back and I know like last week or two weeks ago whatever it was when that article came out you know you called me uh, there was a few other people that texted it to me. Or Snapchatted it to me, and they're like, "Hey, what's going on at your school? What are you guys doing?" And I, I'm like, "If this thing spread, it's not because of anything we did. Because we had one, we had two kids, one boy, one girl. We shut everything down. Well, and that was like two and, days into it, so it couldn't have yeah, happened it, there. So yeah, it right. it, it did not spread. Because to, to me, it, it made me mad because the article sounded like." It spread because of athletics. Right. No, it didn't. But the, it spread because of what's happening after they leave the school, we feel like. Because, um, like I said, we're keeping them six feet apart. Uh, now we are requiring masks. We weren't before. But now when they transition, when they come in, when they leave, they have to wear masks. We were keeping them six feet apart already. We're continuing to do that. We are following every social distancing guideline that we can um, or that's in place by the state, by the school. Uh, we're not using equipment because then you have, you know, because yeah, they're cleaning it and, all that stuff. and anything, you know, anything we do use, we do sanitize. So um, it did not spread because of anything athletics did. Well, everybody you talk to, guys, in the athletic world right now, it's the same story but different different versions. Everybody's kind of got their own version of it. And, um, you know, uh, it, it's – this is going to be interesting. It's, uh, I mean, you, you know, Gary, you're a substitute teacher right mm-hmm. now. You used to be a full-time teacher. You've got a certain disability that doesn't allow you to be a full-time teacher anymore, but you can still sub. So you're still waiting on what news and yeah. how your job is going to be come August. Absolutely. I mean, that was another thing yesterday as we got back together, you know, we were having kind of our coaches meeting before we started with the kids and, kind of going over some of the last-minute guidelines. And, you know, I asked them, I said, hey, do you guys know what the fall is going to look like yet? Are we going to have in-person school? Are we not? 
they still don't know. They said, you know, Shawnee Mission will hopefully send them something this week. Once the district has made a decision, then, you know, obviously then I'll, I'll be able to find out kind of where I stand. But, yeah. Plan it by year. July yeah, really. 30, July 31st will tell a lot, Austin and Gary. I mean, um, I think that's when they have to make a decision by yeah. the 1st of August. And so we will we will know more. But the, the hearsay and the rumors and – and the theories and everything oh, else. Yeah. The think tanks will be going until then. But until then, we we will not know. Yeah. Just, just like, you know, I mean, uh, one thing that kind of bothers me is just that, that Keisha's been very quiet on what the plan is. You know, I, I wish they would say, like, here's – at Mish, least like, at least to the coaches. Well, Misha said you it's know, up here's to the county options. and the school. Yeah. So, I don't know. Um, I just want to have a season. I want to have a fall. I want to have a life back. Yeah. I want to have a job back. Exactly. I want, you know, you to be able to broadcast games, soccer, yeah. and, and everything else you do in the fall, football, Friday nights. and We did have 200 teams, I think, here in the arena um, this past uh, weekend with the uh, with, uh, AAU stuff. Cool. Um, yeah, that's cool. So, you know, things, you know, this is not an 18,000-seat arena anymore. It's about a 9,000-seat arena, but – in order for it to exist, like everything else in the sports, entertainment, restaurant world, Austin works at a restaurant. We got to have people. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep, for sure. And I know, I know you you said something the other day that you guys had your busiest day since COVID. Yeah, it was, yeah, most sales. Saying, yeah, yeah. So we have we had our busiest day since COVID started, and really, year over year, we're we're only down. I think it was like no, actually, year over year that day we were we were up. And so even the dynamic as far as my work's changed is that uh, everybody's used to to go stuff and everybody's getting used to uh, not having like a totally full restaurant. And so, and then everybody else like we got rid of. So we got rid of the pagers. We switched to a tablet. We get your phone number. We text you. So that's actually changed, too, because the little pagers probably, you know, they help spread that spread COVID a little bit. If we're doing that. So we just text you. So actually, uh, actually, it's as far as efficiency stuff is this has actually helped us out as far as margins and stuff like that. So kind of the opposite side, but I've also been uh, much busier and I've worked a lot more hours uh, than I have in like the previous years. So a little bit crazy. So we, everybody kind of wants to get back to normal and get stuff going on. So it's just all about trying to figure out the safest way to do it. Um, so we're getting there. Um, so kind of switch subject. We'll kind of wrap up here a little bit. Okay. There is one big thing everybody needs to watch out for. What's that? It's, for tomorrow is July 15th, which is deadline time for franchise tag players. Oh, yeah. Which means the Chiefs have about 48 hours, 48 hours, whatever it is. No, end like of end of tomorrow night. 18 hours, something like that. End of tomorrow. Well, no, tomorrow night. Or they, they can do it tomorrow. It's like tomorrow right? at 4. Tomorrow 4? Okay. So, to it's get like a hours. deal done with Chris Jones, um, with, the, with the Mahomes deal, they actually have the cap space to do this. It's all about if they actually want to lock – Another major player down for that long. If they decide to trade him, I actually wouldn't be, I wouldn't be surprised either way. Um, I was thinking he had signed his tag. He has not signed his franchise tag. I thought he had. Mm. Uh, I looked that up. So he, because he, he wants to get a long-term deal done. Uh, but the Chiefs have been, as far as uh, getting this deal done, they've always said they wanted to get a Mahomes deal done first and then start working on Chris Jones. So maybe see something on Twitter here within the next you know, few hours about the Chiefs locking down Chris Jones. I'm in favor of it. I think it's actually going to happen. 
So we'll see. Dak Prescott's in the same boat, but I think I think that ship might have sailed, and they may end up. Yeah, Dak just may end up playing franchise tag. Yeah, I, I I've said all along I thought he'd play under the tag, and um, it kind of did come out yesterday that Dak. There were no planned talks between Dak's agent and so the Cowboys before Wednesday's deadline at four four p.m. I think that's four p.m. Eastern, so, so <clears throat> was three it? o'clock our time, but three o'clock here. Okay, um, but yeah, so I th- I think that you know Dak's just going to play under the tender, and Chris Jones, you said it, he's not signed his, so we'll we'll see. Yeah, he wants a long term deal, kind of what happens there. If you know, I mean, he still has the ability to sign it up until you know three o'clock, so. Yeah, you know, what happens if they don't sign? What is that? Yeah, they don't sign. They just have to sit out. They just sit out. Yep. And eventually, can they still sign it? But they start they start losing money at this point. Is I, that I don't know. Works? I can't remember. I, have to I, look don't, that I don't remember up, how that works. Exactly. I would expect the deal to get done here within the next, like I said, eighteen hours or whatever. So yeah, that's big time. Other than yep. that, not much. Not much else is going. Yeah, on. not much else. Well, here's one. What's up, Patrick Mahomes? <coughs> cover GQ. Oh yeah, he's oh, I saw that. GQ. I saw that today. GQ yeah. guy, you get GQ guy. He got he's in the Madden '99 club now. He's a '99. He got a overall. pinky ring on, huh? He's got a pinky ring on in the picture. He's big. He's big time now. Big time. Big time guy. Big time money big man time. now. So that's good. I will say, um, you know, don't forget DJ Showtime. He did a couple events last week uh, that I saw on his Facebook. Good. So. Glad to see he back out. Yeah, he's back yeah. out working a little bit. So he's back out working a little bit. So hopefully he's going to pay us soon. <laughs> you know. yeah, we'll see. Uh, no, but uh, hit him up on his phone, 816-260-2056, or his Instagram, DJ Casey Showtime. He is an awesome DJ. I know we give him a hard time on social media, but yeah, he really great. does a good job uh, at, 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 as a DJ. So, And he can do any kind of event. Uh, you know, if it's even if you're maybe a coach or an AD listening, and you have a school dance that you're going to do this fall, that's going to be social distanced. How does uh, that he, work? He could do it. I don't know. How would you dance with somebody social distancing? I don't know. It's like the old like, when I used to make fun of the the homeschooled homeschooled dance. Homeschool had, dance. Dance apart. Yeah, no grinding. Like hey, <laughs> no grinding. Yeah, no, no, definitely. That's no a good gr- thing, though. That's no grinding, thing. sir. What's like? What's like? I don't know if I've ever been grinding. Ooh. <laughs> okay. And on that note, uh, I am Gary. This is Austin. We are Midwest Mics. Ryan's up there behind the scenes. Jim's behind the mic and the camera. Also, thank you guys for tuning in. Thanks again to our guest, Jeff Montgomery, Royals Hall of Famer. And 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Oh, that's a cheer we used to do in softball. Uh, what? It's uh, actually Geico. Whenever someone hit a triple, we would wave our bats and yell, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. But we never got to use it because we would only hit home runs. Annoying. The phrase is from Geico because they help save people money? Geico? Yeah, they were our team sponsor. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Oh, that's a cheer we used to do in softball. Uh, what? It's uh, actually Geico. Whenever someone hit a triple, we would wave our bats and yell, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. But we never got to use it because we would only hit home runs. Annoying. The phrase is from Geico because they help save people money. Geico? Yeah, they were our team sponsor. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more.